This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. Um, Natalo for that price in the future I think he's that good I think he's got so much end product and something that we've been lacking definitely for the last couple of seasons the best collect- collective group of wingers in the league Man, yeah. Man United oh sorry that's wingers sorry right thank- <laughs> thanks Nick I thought you were too tired for puns you said earlier uh, Albert's gone with uh, not I'm not going to say exactly what that says but Vasilius Lackers was his actual name <laughs> <laughs> I let you people at home guess what he changed Vasilius to. <laughs> it was Vagisil. <laughs> uh, well done, it was Vagisil, yeah. That's, that's a lovely clip for the, the opening part of the show next week. Brilliant. For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit holradio.net forward slash contact. Hello and welcome to Homestay Radio. My name is Chris Hamling and I am your host for the show today. The focal point for our show is Palace's last gasp defeat at Sellers Park yesterday afternoon. A rampant man, rampant man City arrived, uh, arrived in top form but can consider themselves fortunate to take three points after an impressive performance from the Eagles. We'll look at all the key moments and performances. We'll also be looking at fullbacks in our ultimate 25-man squad feature. Um, and doing so today, we have with me, Terence Ford. Hello. Hello. Lucy White. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Nick Gillard. Hello. Hello. Alex Penge. Hello. And Jell Holyoke. Bonsoir. Bonsoir, monsieur. Uh, uh, Comment to tapel something. Uh, as ever, we also want to hear from you. <laughs> Head to holradio.net forward slash contact for all the ways to get in touch, including the live chat room at holradio.net forward slash chat. But first up, as always, it's News in Brief. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Williams teams up with Friedman, and Wickham may be given chance to play in Euro 2016. Midfielder for Jonathan Williams has joined Nottingham Forest on loan until the 17th of January 2015, linking up once again with former Eagles boss Dougie Friedman at the City Ground. The 21-year-old has made 68 appearances for Palace, but has also had three separate loan spells at Ipswich Town. 
According to a well-known newspaper, Palace striker Connor Wickham could be given the chance to play at Euro 2016 after being courted by Northern Ireland manager Michael O'Neill. I think he took him to a restaurant, actually. Despite the 22-year-old having gained 17 caps for the England under-21s, he's yet to make a single appearance for the senior side, alerting the Northern Irish to a possible coup with their qualification campaign for France 2016 going extremely well. Ladies breeze past title favourites Gillingham in emphatic fashion in their first home games of the season. The ladies gave the large crowd a real footballing treat with the forward pair of Mary Robinson and Nisha Dyer in particular, giving the opposition defence a torrid time. And don't forget you can keep up with all the latest news during the week. Visit hltco.org. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. I'd sort of apologise. I was a bit, a bit giddy in my intro and I'm not really too sure why. I have uh, been eating something called Mike's Mango Caramel Popcorn. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever tried caramel popcorn with mango flavouring, but it's odd. God. Uh, basically, my mate came back from Japan today and gave me a. He usually brings back some weird flavored Kit Kats, like cucumber flavor or something like that. But, but uh, yeah, I've eaten some some lemon sour crisps. Uh, so yeah, and some mango popcorn. It's all a big. Oh, and banana flavored crisps as well. Sounds disgusting. Um, <laughs> if I if I. I would just like to point out that um, yeah. I got the dating correct in losing brief because a bit like Anchorman, I read exactly what it said in the <laughs> in the show sheet. <laughs> yeah, um, which I didn't write. I hasten to add. <laughs> no, that was that was Marcus. Well, anyone else got any other apologies before we get going? No, no. see, not Mikey's going to have to apologise in a minute because there's a, there's, there's a hiss that we can only hear in the background. There's, there we go. You see, he's heard it now. Oh, that's why we were all sounding a bit confused because that was uh, it's quite loud for us, but you can't Mikey hear it was, at home. Mikey was talking about uh, slipping off for a well-known uh, uh, to a well-known burger chain during the show, and seeing if we'd noticed. I, I was just wondering if that was the point that he'd done it. Yeah, it would have been pretty bad, wouldn't it? Anyway, should we get on with the show? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we obviously it was a defeat at the hands of Manchester City yesterday, and one that I'm still sulking about. If I'm completely honest with you, but I'm going to try and put my. Uh, put my uh, own personal anger aside um, and, and be positive about this because it was a very positive performance. Um, let's start with the, um, the team news, actually. Uh, Ward was out for, uh, injured for, for Martin Kelly. Uh, Damo injured in training at the sort of uh, a late point and Brader Hanglin came in. And obviously Connor Wickham was also out with an injury and we ended up with, with Yannick Balassi up top. So they were the changes that were made. Um, I think a lot of people thought that maybe you'd see Gale or potentially even Bamford start um, in that position up top. But Partey went with, with Balassi. And I want to start here there, really, because he's mentioned Balassi as a, as a striker a few times. He's you know played it a few times as well. I think he had a spell against, was it against Liverpool where he did pretty well? I think it was. Um, but uh, um, I'll start with you, Terence, actually. Do you see him in that in that role? Do you think he's effective in that role? Uh um, I think for him to be effective in that role, it relate, it's more to do with who can get in the box. I thought he exploited them really well down the channels because um, Kolarov and Sagna both like to get forward. So he, he had a lot of joy at getting the ball in sort of wider areas. But when it came to getting the ball across, there was just no one in there. And then 
on the flip side to that, when there, there was no desire from him to get into the box, several times there was um, Suarez was out wide and um, looking to get the ball into the box. And Balassi's just sort of loitering outside the penalty area, not making an effort to get in. So um, I think he'd, if he's going to continue to play there, um, he's got a lot to learn. But I think... Um, it, he's got a lot to learn if he if he crosses to himself. If he's supposed to be <laughs> <going> up front. <laughs> no, but you're, you're exactly right. And that's what I'm saying. He, he strayed too much into wide areas. And there wasn't a willingness from other players to get into the middle to try and get on the end of the crosses. And it's, it's a natural position for him to get out wide. And I think that's part of the reason why it didn't work. And when the ball was played into him with his back to goal as well, I thought company and Mangala handled him quite easily. They just sort of... You know, he's not used to playing in that sort of fashion. And they just bullied him off the ball. Can I come in there? Yeah. I was a bit surprised. At, uh, I mean, Balassi, I can see why, why Pardew's got those three there. Because I, I thought they'd interchange. I thought Zaha might take a spell up front. Um, and um, Sacco, I said it right this week, would, would take a spell up uh, front. Because they're, they're occupying so many players. Um, especially if Balassi's on the wing, he's got three players on him, hasn't he? If if Zaha's got it on the other wing, there's three players, and 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 the same with um, with Sarko. Um, Sarko. Sarko. So, um, <laughs> I, I I didn't say it right. Then. <laughs> I didn't say it once. Um, so I think you know it was a good idea, but having a bloke up front who is notoriously the one that can't score. Or can't hit a barn door when he shoots. You know, he's had one game where he got that hat trick, and you know, I'd I'd put Sacco there and yeah. uh, had Palacci on the wing perhaps, but interchanged them, and that's uh, that's why we had the attacking intent. You know, that that first 10, 15 minutes, I don't know how many shots we had, but you know, we Man City didn't know what hit him, and Man City are so used to teams sitting back that was exactly the right formation because in Europe they they struggle in Europe because teams go at them. Um, Barely any English teams go at them because they're, they're, they're scared shitless of them. But we went at them and we could see they were ruffled. And that's, I think, you know, Pardew's done his homework there if he's looked at how they're playing in Europe. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, and again, the, the observation uh, that Terence made of the only problem being having someone in the box to put it away. And, and that is it. And you did see plenty of players breaking forward to get into the penalty area. But um, I think, again, Pardew touched on it, I think, in his, his post match press, press conference, saying it, was, it really was Wickham that we missed there. But for me, it's a bit of a wonder about how we, because um, obviously we wouldn't have played all four of those attacking players, and I'm, by that I mean um, I'm including Punching in that. I think more than anything, because uh, we sort of consider him him a winger as well. But it's a very interesting situation, and I and I thought it was a very um, creative way to go at, to go at Man City. And, and as you say, Nick, we did go at them and we put them under an awful lot of pressure. Um, just to, obviously the other the the real sort of um, the blow during the week came with. Um, Joe Ward being out injured and while I'm uh, talking about fullbacks um, it is in our ultimate squad feature a bit later on we are looking at the the fullback p- uh, position uh, Kenny Sansom I think is the current is the one we're going to be looking at this week we've been taking sort of suggestions throughout the course of the last seven days and uh, Kenny's been nominated as the, the fullback to go into the ultimate squad and you'll get your chance to vote as well if you head to holradio.net forward slash vote uh you can fill in your name and address there um and that will uh yeah that will count towards the vote later on when we're talking about whether or not kenny goes in the the squad or not um you know obviously a lot of people may not have seen him but you certainly know an awful lot about him from other people uh it does also say to um 
Yeah. Oh, sorry, that HOL Radio.net vote is actually the football, football Awards. The Football Blogging Awards, is it? I've got that confused. Um, HOL Radio.net slash vote in or bin. Mikey, you've, you've confused me here. You you went from the smoothest you've ever been, Chris. Yeah. Ever, ever, in however many years of whole radio. Well, let's... In let, the crappiest. I know. Let's have a little peek behind the curtain here as to what Mikey's done for me, right? <laughs> in the in the, stu- the information about the Football Blogging Awards, it says uh, to vote for us... You can also do this. I might as well tell you about it now. So to vote for us via Twitter, you can go to hlradio.net forward slash tweet vote and you click tweet or log in and tweet if you're not logged in and that will allow, allow you to vote. And then you can vote via the website if you go to hlradio.net forward slash vote. But it's used the same link for the ultimate squad, hlradio.net forward slash vote. So which is it, Mikey? You've made me look quite the idiot. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chris, that was that was a reverending rant there. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for referring to another comment on there that no one knows about. Right, and so you know, get it in loose, didn't I? Uh, oh yeah, that's what she said. Um, hang on, <laughs> <laughs> it's just gone to pieces. My goodness, and all because of Mikey. So um... <laughs> all because of Mikey. I wish he'd gone. If he hadn't gone to, if he'd have gone to Burger King, like he'd promised, we'd be going on as normal now, wouldn't we? So, yeah. So he asked me to to get people to vote in the Ultimate Squad feature. So I don't know what happens if you go to hlradio.net slash vote, whether it goes to a football awards vote page or whether it, football blog awards. Uh, page or whether it goes to the ultimate squad vote page just go there and see what happens pound a minute <laughs> pound a minute yeah. <laughs> um, pandemonium the ultimate squad Chris <laughs> yeah okay he's, he's now confirmed that if you go to holradio.net forward slash vote you'll be able to vote in or bin for Kenny Sansom in our uh, ultimate squad feature uh, in the fullback positions so uh, get, um... get involved if nothing makes our podcast listeners want to listen live the last five minutes, if that don't persuade them, nothing I, will. Yeah, exactly. It was it was magical, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> I, I segued in from talking about the game where I, I, straight into fullbacks, as instructed, <laughs> and then this happens. <laughs> in the Sunday Times today, you're saying about segways. The first mugging for a segway happened this week. Brilliant. Keep it current. (laughs) I don't know how the hell this has even happened. (laughs) This is this is truly special, even by our standards. This is special. Um, I I can't. I was going to go straight into the whole thing about the football blogging awards, but how can I do that after that? (laughs) Yeah, vote for us as best podcast. We've spent ten minutes talking about nothing to do with football (laughs) because of one stupid mistake. How about the football blagging awards? Have we got away with doing this for five years? I don't know. <laughs> Good show. I'm gonna. 
we'll come, well, we'll come back to uh, whether or not there is a way to vote for us in the football blogging awards a bit later on. Um, hopefully, the producer will work on that while I'm getting my composure back. But let's uh, let's get back to the game. Let's get back to talking about about the match. Obviously, I had a chat about um, how effective Blassie is up top. Um, Kelly came in for Ward. We'll talk a little bit later on about how he did. We'll also talk a bit about how Hangland did in for, for Demo. But just give you a quick match. So- uh, who want a little bit of a reminder? Um, I would say I would sum it up this way. I'd say Palace were brilliant in the first half, and if I'm, I don't know if I'm wrong in saying this, but I think we deserved to go in at half time in front, uh, but never quite took our, uh, took the chances that came our way. I thought City improved hugely in the second period, but there were still spells where Palace looked to have uh, have a bit too much going forward for them to cope with, um, but they did cope. And had Punch's header gone in, or you know, Gale made cleaner contact on a chance just before we conceded, maybe it would have been a, a famous win, but. You know, City took their late chance, and to be honest, it was uh, it was a bit soul destroying to lose that way. It's bad. Had they, not, had they not missed two blatant open goals, the like of you'll never see in a game together again. You know, it's it's all relevant. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you could you could argue that. I mean, yeah, you can also argue that that we defended relatively well in at least one of those. So I Chris, don't know. Um, go on, Chris. Can I say that match of day didn't really do us justice? Absolutely not. No, the first half because I thought the first half <laughs> we played really well. And they just, they just, we had like one chance in that in that set of highlights on match of the day. It was a joke. Yeah, they didn't show the Sacco one at the end of the first no. half, which was a great chance. Yeah, that's probably what our, our chance of the game really. And they didn't show, um, they didn't even show the, the absolute clear stonewall penalty that was was highlighted on goals on Sunday, did they? Either so. Was that the Kabai? Uh, uh, that's the Kabai one. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. second angle on that shows it clearly. I didn't even notice that in the game. No, no, that's that's a really good point. <laughs> I didn't either. I don't know um, whether it was alcohol or. Just where I was, or I don't know. They didn't show the um, Mangala um, tackle on punching either. No, no, that's true. No, yeah, both they, those shows. Sorry. Yeah, no, they, you're, you're right. Handball? No, there was a handball. Yeah, after one nil, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, that was at one nil. That's pretty much our last chance ball in the box. So he had his hand basically on. It was Hangeland had gone up top, hadn't he? It was, he had Mangala had his hand almost on his head. And actually, yeah, hit, hit the ball away with his hand. But no, uh, what Luce is referring to is um, is similar to the way Dan failed uh, Aguero. Um, Mangala did that to Punchin in the centre of the, the park, and that wasn't shown on either. Oh, that was worse. Either show, either that was terrific. Much wasn't it? worse. Yeah, it was. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about all these things. Um, but I just think that going back to the opening ten minutes, obviously, you go into that game and you're thinking, "Sorry, you know, oh, oh, go on, just sorry, interrupt me." Why no, not? Just- no, no, because it's important to mention before the game there was a good positivity around the ground, and I haven't felt that at Sellers for a long, long time. And the atmosphere was absolutely cracking, and I think you know that yeah. that that really helped us put the impetus in that first ten minutes as well, because the whole ground was singing, the whole ground was rocking, and it, it's been a while since that's happened. At You're right, Nick. I think so much- we, we need to um, we need to just. Rev- rev- revel in those in that in that afternoon. You know, it was it was just a fantastic occasion at Sellers, first versus second and how often does that come around mm. thanks nick i mean you did interrupt me saying pretty much exactly that to say that but i really appreciate it uh lucy yeah i was just gonna agree with nick that that first half i mean for the first 10 minutes i don't think people stopped singing and the atmosphere of it's the first time this season well yeah that i've, I've known the palace fans be so vocal and continuously it was just amazing. And then as the game went on, it just kind of petered out. I mean, we still sang, you know, most of the game like we always do. 
but it was just the first half was just phenomenal. Rock it was just yeah. it, it was I, rocking. That's a great word. Rocking. Yeah, yeah. No, the, what was happening on the pitch was it kind of just the two things kind of fed each other, didn't they? And it was only really mm. when Man City got got more into the game that um, that the crowd slightly slightly quietened. But it was still a great atmosphere. But I've not really experienced too much like those first ten minutes at Sellers. Just uh, I've no, I know we've had games where we've We've been loud, you know, when it's been a huge game or, a, you know, a game against a rival or something like that. But that really felt different to anything that I think I've experienced in a, in a long time. Yeah, wait, because it, go on, Joe. Wait, wait till the 23rd or whenever it is. Oh, what the Charlton game when is. When that Ponzi mob come over. Yes, you wait. <laughs> That'll be good. Ooh. Sorry, I was drinking a bit. Um, yeah, no, the... Um, I'd say the atmosphere at the start was great. That opening 10 minutes was as end-to-end and frantic as I've seen at, at Sellers Park. And it really was like both sides properly going at each other, trying to get that opportunity. And, and Man City at times looked like they didn't know where to, you know, where they were going to have to defend next. Because, you know, you had Wilf. Wilf was actually, to be fair, Wilf started probably the quieter of, of all the, the front players and grew into the game. But you had Sacco going at them, Balassi going at them, Punching was breaking forwards, Kabai was mopping everything up. It was just pressure and pressure and pressure. Um, and then, yeah, and then Man City obviously did their share of breaking. And I just, I almost felt that if something happened, a goal at either end at the opening period there, we could have seen a, you know, a high scoring classic. But as it, as it went, you, you didn't, you didn't really get that. And, I think that probably the first major chance for Palace was um, after we'd won that free kick. There was, you know, there was a few crosses into the box, a few sort of nearly moments, but the genuine chance was the Suarez chance um, when the uh, punch I think, put a free kick in. It was cleared out and landed at his feet, and he just had that, just just sort of stood there and did that lovely half volley. And I honestly thought it was in. Um, you know, I, I, it sort of went behind the head of the person in front of me, and then when it sort of emerged the other side, I was I was very close to celebrating, but. Is that something that um, that you, you expect from Suarez, Joe? You know, he's shown that he can actually have a proper shot as well. He's sort of growing into the team, but very, very close to scoring now. Yeah, but that's not what I want. That, what I wanted to say about Suarez. I mean, I know his uh, his crossing ability. I think is better than than anybody, especially his his running and crossing. Um, the cross that he put in for punching. Uh, that forced Hart into the save in the second half was just... If Had that gone in, that would have been just sublime. Um, but I, I think the way that he actually that he actually hits the ball, um, I, I'd like to see him take some set pieces because if he can bend it yeah. as, as much as he does when he, when he, when he crosses, you know, he just, he just strikes the ball really well. Um, but yeah, get, I mean... He gets looped, doesn't he, Joe? He does. Well, he gets yeah. He gets the he gets dip, swerve, just loads of you know. Just he just strikes it. He strikes it very well. Um, but what I'd like to see about Suarez is, is I'd like to see him get forward more. You know, get forward more, much more than he does, because like I say, I think the threat from him is is not known yet. He's he's an unknown threat. Everybody knows about Wilf and Yala and and Punching now. They, they get shut down by t- you know twos and threes straight away. But I don't think they've really sussed a, a sus soiree out yet. And I think we could use that to our advantage. Um, because, you know, we, we, we now know that our wing-backs are, are supposed to be covering the back. So, I, so where punching could be getting picked up, um, you know, he could quite easily just slip in just short of left-back and let soiree go on these runs. I mean, it, you know, I, I just think that would be another avenue for us, for us to look down. Well, and he I, definitely I, has grown into his place, without a doubt. He's, he's, he's going to be fantastic for us. He's- 
he's he's um my first be my first player on the team sheet at the moment as well right he's you, we're, we're talking about left backs we had to vote in the week for our in or being and I'm just wondering, is Suarez up there with the best left-backs we've ever had? Because on, on the form I've seen in a few games he's played for us, he's just getting better and better. And he's, he, he just, like Joel said, um, another dimension to our play. Um, just going back to the crowd noise, King B in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat, says, of all the many years and matches I've been to at Sellers, yesterday was the loudest he's heard it so far. Really got the team attacking and an echo of euphoria spreading around to all the fans. Hmm. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. It was nicely put. That's why I chose it. <laughs> All right, thanks, Dick. <laughs> Terence. Um, two points on Suarez. I like the fact the fact that he doesn't need to beat anyone to get the ball in. He just bends it around the defender if they're standing there, which I think is a very impressive skill to possess. Um, in terms of whether he's up there with our best left backs, I'm not sure. Um, he has a tendency to lose his head if he loses the ball and go running off with disregard to his position. So I think he needs to get that out of his system first because there was a few times yesterday where he lost the ball and then chased across the right back to try and win the ball back. <laughs> I admire that, but it's more of a championships ship stroke league one sort of mentality of defending as opposed to in the Premier League. It only takes someone like De Bruyne to switch the ball back out right and then we're screwed. So... Um, I think he's got some ways to go, but I, I think he's had a great start to his Palace career and I think he's really going to be a, a very, 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 very valuable player for us. Yeah, I think as, as we've mentioned a couple of times on the show, he, he really is a, uh, you know, a Palace type of player and um, just, just just settled in brilliantly and he's definitely heading towards cult hero status. But I agree, there's still a bit, uh, a bit to be done defence-wise, certainly positioning and that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I just... Yeah, he he's did he did very very well, and I was, it was good to see him actually having a proper shot as well. Uh, I thought we were very very unlucky not to get that. So that was you know that was during a period of um, of real Palace high pressure, and and like we said, a, a you know tremendous atmosphere at the start of the game. Uh, Joe, you wanted to make a point on that? Yeah, no, I was just going to say uh, when I were a lad, um, I, I remember the, the the Burnley Palace Burnley game. You'll never hear a noise at Sellers ever ever again like that like that. With a two nil when it was yep. officially fifty two thousand, but I reckon it's about sixty five thousand in there. Um, that, Somebody that was... um, put a picture of the Homestale Terrace. I think it was Kermit on on the Homestale dot net uh, website, and uh, it was one of the best pictures of a crowd I've seen. It was just you, it was so many people crammed into that terrace behind the goal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes. We could do so... a whole show about that that game, couldn't we? Well, you you and Joe could, yeah. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> get Patrick um, involved and we're sorted. Oh yeah, and Patrick, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, Jill, you were sort of in the middle of saying something when Nick talked over you. Had you made your point or? <laughs> no, no. But I'm, I'm, if we just swerve that and go straight to Hengelin. All right, yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's fine. And Nick sort of finishes your sentences anyway. You're like an old married couple in that sense. But um, yeah, thank you. No worries. <laughs> um, so yeah, talking about that period when when we were um, pushing, and I mentioned it a minute ago about the possible penalty. I've had a look at it a few times. I'd look at the replays and goals on Sunday, and um, it starts from punching, winning the ball back, which he did a fair fair amount yesterday. You know, he didn't have perhaps his greatest game, um, but he, he you know he had some some key moments, and he won the ball back, played in Balassi now. But as Balassi runs into the box, you can see the clearest shirt pull ever, and it's only that Balassi's so strong that it doesn't actually have an effect that you don't give a penalty right there and then. But obviously, he then drilled the ball in and. You know, okay, there's a crowd of City players there, but um, you know, 
Kabai just just nicks the ball away, and, and Fernandinho chops him chops him down. And I again, I think Alex, you made the point. We didn't see it at the game, you know. And I, I was completely oblivious to it. I saw saw Kabai sort of on the mm. on the ground. I just thought, ah, fair enough. But having seen it, bad is that not something that the ref and the linesman should really be spotting? Oh yeah, certainly. And I think that and the Yaya Torre challenge were just horrific. And yeah, given you know they were obvious yellow cards. I think the Dan foul, which uh, I know there was a debate going around that whether it was a red because he was sort of out of control of the tackle. I think it was just a standard professional foul, and in a way, it was a it was a decent foul to make in the position that Aguero was in because you know we don't want to see Aguero on the break uh, running at our slow back line. You know, the likes of Kelly Hangerland. Um, covering so um, it was a high-tempered first half I thought and you know there were challenges flying all over the place um, and it just sort of eased down I think in the second half and we saw um, City get more of the ball in the second half I thought first half it would be quite interesting to see our possession stats in the first half actually because yeah. we, we did put the foot down put, put the foot down on the ball and um, you know try and spread it to you know the likes of Wilf and uh, Yannick um, and yeah, I thought we were in control first off. Um, it's just I think the, it was just really high tempered. The atmosphere probably got to some of the players um, at times, and um, it was an interesting, interesting first off, definitely. Well, yeah. Well, going back to the, the point you made just after talking about, you know, just just after answering the point on the uh, on the missed missed decision from the from the officials about the penalty, it went did pretty much straight straight away follow that they had that damn challenge. Mm. Um, I want to get everyone's views on that. Because um, it's what I have, you know. Obviously, being at the game, I'm looking straight at it and looking at the situation as it kind of evolved. If you like, you could see what that Dan knew exactly what he was doing. It wasn't a case of you know turning around just seeing if he could hook the ball away. He just he'd already been turned by the player. He knew what he needed to do. Um, and I don't. I the only thing I'll say about it is I don't think he aimed to make contact the way he did. Because he made contact very high up on Aguero on his knee, because Aguero's almost attempted to jump the challenge as, as he's turned away. Um, and clearly, at the time, it, well, Lucy, you you were laughing your head off at um, how many times Aguero was uh, rolling around, but um, <laughs> you know, really milking it. But um, it didn't. I say I didn't think it was that bad a foul at first. What do you think, um, having seen it back, Lucy? Having seen it back, uh, I think it was. It was deliberate, I think. I think he did know what he was doing. Um, but being at the game and seeing it, it did look very theatrical the way Aguero was rolling around. I said to you in the game, didn't I? Like, he rolled over about three times. And that, that's what made me think, oh, it probably wasn't a yellow card. And then looking it back, I definitely think it was um, possibly even a red. But if that was a red, then the attack later on on was it James MacArthur? Should have it was James MacArthur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, go on, Terence. Your, your um, if if Scott Dan's given a red card, I might never go to a football game again because it's just a tackle where Aguero even knows that Scott Dan has to make that tackle. And Scott Dan's gone over and apologised to him. It's a, as as Alex said. It's just a your atypical professional foul. He's spun into space. Dan knows what he's doing. He's not getting there. Brings him down. Exactly yeah, right. It, it happened in the second. Oh, here he goes again. Sorry, when a Palace player was on their way through, I, I think it was Mangala. 
cynically yeah. hacked him down and then got, got a yellow card and as he was going back he was getting high fives off Part of the game. his defence because yeah. he took yeah. one for the team yeah exactly no worries as, you know as, as for the Torre one the, uh, I think James MacArthur being quick and getting out of the way has actually saved Torre from a red card because if James MacArthur stays in there and actually rides it yeah, he risks getting his leg broken, but Torre probably sees red for that. But because MacArthur hurdles it quite quickly, I think he's saved. He saved him. Uh, will save Torre. Definitely, it was it was such a late challenge. Um, I, I don't know, Joe. You wanted to make a point on the um, uh, on the Dan challenge. Yeah, scum, absolute <laughs> scum. That's not what I think of him. That's what all the Manchester thinks of him. That's what they <laughs> last night on Twitter. Uh, no, he said. You have to take one for the team. What I'll tell you what I like, or what I really like, and it wasn't until after, is that I realised that the better you are, the the more you're not allowed to kick them. And that's the thing. Come down to our shitty little stadium, or you're going to kick you. It's as simple as that. I don't care if you're squillionaires, billionaires, or just millionaires. You're going to get kicked. And I'm really pleased. I'm not really pleased he got injured. Mm. Um, but listen, it, it's just... I, I think Scotty Dan did. I don't think he tried to injure him, but I think he really tried to let him know he was there. And, and, and an old-fashioned centre-half challenge. That's all that was. Just kick him up in the air, get a card. But when he was spiteful, um, was it was it Fernandinho who got a book, got, got a yellow card for, for intent? He I didn't actually... So. One of their players got a, got a card for, for he was going to kick one of our players just down on the halfway line at, but by the Arthur, and he got a card, a yellow for intent. And then you got Mangala. I mean, that really, in all honesty, that was a completely deliberate. Uh, he didn't kick him on his feet. He kicked him above his ankles. That should have been. That was almost two footed. That could have easily been a red. Yarlock, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, he could have had a red. This, there were some bad challenges in that yesterday. You know, um, it's a little bit of like, you kick us, we're going to kick you. But I'm just really pleased that we got the first challenge in him. But I'm not pleased that, that Aguero's, you know, I hope he isn't out injured because he's one of the best players in our league and I like to see him play football. Yeah, yeah. Up until yesterday, until all them twats started giving it, I had a lot of time for City. I love the way they play football. But their fans, that new generation of fans, when they reborn the club, when that bit, you know, the fella come along, they're just, they're just deluded in nutcases. Mm. I, I do wonder if Aguero didn't injure himself more with the rolling afterwards than the actual challenge, but um, that's just speculation on my part. Terence, you wanted to make a point. Yeah, well, uh, City fans shouldn't be getting too aggy about it anyway, because when he went off, they stopped playing four four two, and as long as they was playing four four two, it looked like we was going to turn them over anyway. As soon as they took him off and brought the Breuer on they looked like a completely different team and more and more and more they became the more dominant team in the game. But as long as Aguero was on the field, other than that little bit of danger of his pacing, but we got caught too high up the field, we looked like we was going to win the game. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It definitely changed their shape and, and sort of stopped us breaking quite so well. Um, De Bruyne looked an, an, an interesting play for them, but not a Man City podcast, is it? So um, a, a few bits from the chat room, Nick. Yes, um, Lions 550. Aguero's injury was just as much about him landing on his knee as it was the kick. Coach Matt thinks Torre should be sent off. Um, and Waggers 66 said that Dan's boot hardly touched um, Aguero's knee anyway. So. There you go. Chat room. Hallradio.net slash chat. Hallradio.net slash chat indeed. No, that didn't... Um, 
yeah, it wasn't too much contact at all. Like that's what I, you know, I'm sort of joking when I say the rolling around did more damage, but you know, it did, it did catch him on the knee directly on the knee. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe Aguero was a bit hasty going off. To be honest with you, I think he just didn't didn't fancy it. Didn't fancy trying to run off the uh, the injury. Joe. Um, no, I was just reading something that we put in our little chat, and so I think Wag, uh, Wagger sixty six has said. He said, "My my boy said, is it uh, Asia? I'm assuming Aguero fainted. Mm, really? I mean, I've seen the challenge. Yeah, I, I don't think it was that bad. I, honestly, I don't. It definitely wasn't a red, no matter what to see. Like I said, you're not allowed to kick him, but hey ho, it'll be interesting when we go back up here. Yeah, it will. Yeah. Now I also obviously we have talked about the fact that Torres made this challenge as well, so I won't." say too much about it but looking at that just to give my opinion on it I, he is so so late and so so hard with that challenge that I genuinely think it's it's significantly worse um, obviously Pardew was incensed on the sidelines and got into a bit of a, a an argument with uh, Pellegrino over, over Pe him being in the, the wrong technical area it was good to see Pardew actually just backing down and moving into his area and sort of like calming it down rather Instead than going into the headbutt yeah <laughs> 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 going to stick the head on him and call him a something old something, uh, but no, that was I thought that was that was nice to see him on, on the sidelines. That you know, and they shook hands at the end, so that's that's all good. Um, maybe Pardew's mellowing a little bit in, with age and what have you, but saved him sixty grand and eight games in a stand. I just yeah, I don't know. I think again, I think if a Palace player had made that challenge, he would have gone. I really do, but I maybe I'm just being cynical. I, I think three of those challenges, if Palace players have made three of those challenges, the, the Mangala, the, the Yala, and I, I think they'd have all gone. I really honestly thought they'd have all gone. Yeah, yeah but there we go. It, was, it doesn't change that. It was, I like to see you know, that level of intensity in football. We obviously only... Go on. So can I just make one more point? We're, going, we're saying about the way Palace played in the in the first half, mm. and I think the, the reason the reason that City couldn't get forward and attack us is because of the pure momentum that we had. Their their um, their fullbacks couldn't get forward, and City really play on that, especially Sanya getting forward, and they couldn't get forward because they were having to double and treble up on our wingers, yeah. and that, and that's and that's a really good thing for us to stop City, you know. To, um, to stop them literally going forward for 45 minutes is I don't think many teams are going to do that. And I think we, we would have earned a lot of respect out of that yesterday. We did. You heard the way we were being talked about. I know Cammy's uh, quite a fan of Palace anyway a lot of the time. Um, but you heard, heard how he was talking yesterday on Goals and Sunday, saying, it was on yesterday to this morning on Goals and Sunday. Sorry, I've had a nap since then. It feels like it was yesterday. Um, but... He was, you know, he was talking about the fact that it's two really good teams making that focus. You, there was so much stick going around on Twitter from the City fans. I saw one calling us a glorified pub team, but I think you know, neutrals and, and most people who know anything about football would have conceded that, you know, Palace looked a very, very good side yesterday. You know, and you know, when you when you consider that, that Man City brought a play who cost fifty eight million off the bench, um, and you consider how you know. We more than matched them for the majority of it. It was, you know, very, very encouraging. Nick? Yeah, talking to a couple of Man City fans on the way out, um, they said that, you know, we won't get turned over by many people and it's one of the best teams they've seen play them for a couple of seasons, you know, the way we played. So for a City fan, whether it was just placating me or not, I don't know, but he was, he was you know, playing shoes, but he, he genuinely seemed impressed and was really relieved he didn't think City would score. He was surprised that City actually got something out of the game. Alex? So that's, 
yeah, I'll just say that um, if you compare it to the uh, midweek game uh, where we beat them 2 1 with the um, punch and free kick uh, as a winner, um, I thought we went at them a bit more than we did in that game. And you could even say that we played better than we did in that game. Um, we, we just sort of lacked that focal point, didn't we? I think Wickham was a big miss yesterday. And I think he was sort of rough and roughed up um, company and Mangala because, you know, I think Mangala at times uh, and, and company as well, they were a bit lackadaisical on the ball. And somebody like Wickham with Balassi, you know, just concentrating and just cutting in and you know, getting a shot away would have been, um, you know, would have given them more to think about than, than they had yesterday. And I think, yeah, saying that, so Murray was a big miss as well. And I, don't, I know I don't want to t- touch about you know touch up on um players are not the club anymore but and i and i agree i think we should have sold murray just for, just for in terms of you know going forward in terms of um you know recouping some money back um and trying to invest it into the squad but murray was a big miss yesterday i think murray showed in that midweek game last season that you know he, um you know he could roughen up um players like company and, and mangala and you know it's a shame but yeah, we did lack that focal point, and yeah. you know Wickham, I thought could have, you know, uh, you know picked up where he left off against Chelsea because against yeah, Chelsea held up the ball really well, and it was just such a shame really that he was unavailable. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree Wickham would have been good, but it's, it's funny that you think you know who would you have taken out of that team to accommodate him? Um, obviously, Balassi, I'd like to see play every week. Sacco been absolutely on fire and then when you look at how Wilf played particularly in the second half he was the sort of the one from from the team for me who really stood out really put on you know put on a show and you know embarrassed some of the defenders at times but I do agree with what you're saying Alex I did think that, that the um, you know the centre-backs both company Amangala but they're you know they're classy players in a lot of ways and I, I know that um, company got man in the match in a lot of uh, a lot of the media but they are there is there is a fragility there. I think if you can yeah. get round behind them, and like you say, more it's more of a case of an attitude about them. They're, they're a little bit slow to to recover and a little bit slow to turn at times. A little bit like our centre backs, I guess. But yeah, I think that there was there was certainly a way forward if you had a, a proper striker in there. But but there you go. Um, what we got, Nick? I think do you want to talk. Yeah. Do you, do you think we we put all our although we had a brilliant start and I think we lacked the surprise element of having one of. And I just praised how brilliant it was at the start and how how well we did with that front three. But I I felt we didn't have anybody to come on that that would give us that injection. I know Dwight Gale's fast, but not not been really that confident in him lately. Would were we missing a trick of bringing somebody on later and and using that extra pace then? We we, we brought we brought on Gale, and that's exactly a player that you're talking about and he he sort of had two chances didn't he and he didn't take advantage of them but but bless Gale is 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 quick but he hasn't got the tricks of Will for Sacco or you know if you bring a yeah. fresh player like that on when they've got tired legs you know they're going to be more effective mm. Joe yeah sometimes you don't need the tricks I, I mean I I honestly I would have I would have just changed I, I would have literally just changed punching with with um with Soiree, just for a couple of minutes, you know, if it, to, to, just to push them back. I say because our, our threat, the only the only threat that I thought we had in the second half was from the left hand side and from Soiree crossing the ball. They didn't didn't really look any, you know, didn't look any other threat apart from there. I think I think we'd miss a trick if we didn't involve him more. 
because we can, we now know that we can go to a back three, especially when Hangler <laughs> at the back. We can go to a back three. We don't have to play four, whatever, whatever formation we seem to be playing these days. Well, we, can, we can swap. We can go to three. And if that means, you know, with just the cover, you know, we can't, we can't, our wingers just can't. I'll just put in our chat, Balassi looked shattered. It wasn't a word I used, but he looked shattered after 60 minutes. Um, and 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 it and it was so much so that he was taken off, but you know we 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 should have then got Suarez. You know we could have just changed. I know we could have just changed it about a little bit, but I'd like to see him on the left hand side, like bombing forward and and really trying to attack more because I think I think our big players when they come back, could, uh, you know forward players will benefit off of his crosses. Yeah, my worry about that, Joe, is is the lack of pace at the back that we've got. Um, we can get quite seriously caught out. Suarez is literally the only one with any pace at the, but, at the back. But we, but we do know that we are three players short of having a fantastic squad instead of a good squad that we've got. And we do know that by the end of the season, you know, when Hangerland's going to need sticks and or, or a Zimmer, <laughs> and, and Damo's going to need the sticks, you know, it's going to. But we, we're probably going to. I'll look after lose. him. <laughs> but we're probably going to lose two of our back four of our, of our regular back four so we've got to look we've got to start looking you know sensibly at a top class and and I and I also think you know I hope he sets the world on fire but if if we're not going to play I think we're I think we need another forward and let's put people are going to go oh no here we go but I, I honestly do I don't I don't I don't think I like to go do but Sorry. I just no. don't, I don't think we can miss. <laughs> I don't think we can miss what we're what we're after. Disagree. He's brilliant. Well, You're wrong. Well, it might be brilliant, but but oh. Murray was better. Murray was better, and we sold no. him. So. Wrong. Well, he was he was wrong. as quick as quick, better in the air, <laughs> can rough the defenders up, and so. Yeah, you're wrong. And he's wrong. He's getting too old now, Joe. He's he's not like got a picture of himself in the last this area. He's too old. It was good business. And, he looked um, really old against West Ham, you know. I mean, it, it's, he doesn't seem last, pink. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> just that he, he had a year off. He had a year off. You can't just keep going. You know, the case looks as fresh as what he did when he was twenty-seven, twenty-eight. But anyways, if that was done, he's done. But I, I just, I just think we've got a fantastic one of the best midfields I think in the, in the Premier League, mm. going right away across with five, six, seven really good midfielders. Um, and I just think the thing that's going to let us down, we need another forward, and we need because it's obviously Gale is only going to be used as sub and for cup games, and we can't just let Wickham just do it all on his own. So we need another forward, and we definitely need one or two centre backs. And I'm hoping that Mr. Innes is going to come back, um, and, and play a huge part for us. We'll see. Well, I think he's, um, you know, he, I, for me, he needs that season. That season out, um, yeah. you know, yeah, just, 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 just sorry, sorry he gets on because you know, he perhaps we would have expected him to kick on a bit earlier. Uh, Lucy, you want to make a point? Yeah, just on the back of what Joe said, really, that it wasn't our normal team, we had no striker, um, we were missing Ward, we were missing Damo, yet we put on that performance. I think we should be really proud of our team. I was going to say ourselves, but we didn't do it. Um, <laughs> we should be really proud of them for what they did and prove that we don't necessarily need the favourites at the back or we don't need you know, the big stars um, up the front. Okay, so we do need a striker, that's quite obvious. But I, I agree with Joe about mixing it up a little bit. 
you know, bringing um, Suarez down and making it a bit more heated in the middle, I suppose. But I, I just think it was a fantastic performance. Yes, we lost. Yes, it was gutting. But we did, we did. that performance was just phenomenal. And look at where we were sort of a few years ago to that now. It just shows how far we've come. Oh, yeah. It, it's... it's I mean, it's ridiculous in a lot of ways, um, just to you know, to even imagine that we'd be, you know, in a first versus second clash and being that close to actually getting something. Um, I think very few people would argue we deserved a point. I'm so bitter that I think we deserved a win. Um, I think I'm perhaps <laughs> blind to, to reality on that because everyone else I've spoken to thinks we should have um, we should have got a point and nothing more. But I still think we should have won it, and I felt against same against Arsenal. To be honest with you. Um, so I'm pretty angry we haven't won every match so far for some reason. But um, no, honestly, I thought, I thought, you know, I can see all the positives. But um, I think, again, I, you sort of going back to, to towards the end of that first half, we got obviously got talking about those challenges and what have you. But, you know, Man City didn't really start threatening until just before the break. You had um, McCarthy had to make a very good save uh, from quite close range from Bonnie. And then sort of short, shortly after that, De Bruyne hit an absolute screamer of a shot it just went straight at him but and, and he held on well um and that was really you know their their ch- that's when they started putting some chances together um and we'll, obviously we had that chance that was was mentioned to um where will floated that cross to the back post and sacco for all the world you thought he was going to score but um you know he just he just blasted it way high and wide really but um you know that was probably one of the moments for us. That had been right before half time. It had gone in one nil. It would have been deserved, and it would have been a very different second half, I think. Um, but let, let's, let's stop and talk a little bit about McCarthy. I know we got a tweet in uh, earlier on um, with a question about that. If I can track it down, um, <laughs> there you go. It was from uh, from Max Palace. Are we still convinced that McCarthy's the long term number one? And the term "still convinced" would suggest that um, that. Maybe people think he was at fault for the goal yesterday. So let's start there. Was he was he at fault for the goal? Do you think, Alex? Um, no, but I think he could have done a little bit better um, because you know, as a goalkeeper, when you you know when you aim to parry the ball, you always aim to parry the ball outside of the danger area. Um, but you know, it's just the shot was just you know really well struck, and it just. He naturally just had really good movement and was able to capitalise. But you know, I think McCarthy was good yesterday. I think he commanded his box very well. Um, I thought he made a fantastic save um, for the Nasri chance in the first half. Mm, He's really yes. instinctive, really underrated on that save. I, I don't think he got enough enough hype as it as it deserved. And I thought, you know, he, he had a good game. I think you've well, got to remember that he's still quite a young goalkeeper. Um, he's still got another ten years in him at least, and. You know, we, we, you know, young goalkeepers tend to make mistakes. You know, we, we, if you see the Butland at Stoke, he's only trying to, he's finding his own now, and he's been on loan at, you know, numerous clubs. And I think with McCarthy, he was highly rated as a youngster. Um, you know, there were calls for him to be in the England squad, and you know that that it was wasn't it? Well, he was in England squad, but he didn't really um, didn't really progress after that. You know, being number two to get a, a, a QPR um, under Green, but you know, he's very promising, and he's showing glimpses of, of what what it could be and I, I think we've got to stick with him um I think you know we've it, it just shows that we've has only got a year left in his contract um so it looks like he's not going to be at the club after the next season uh, after this season sorry and it looks like we were trying to get rid of Hennessy in in the transfer window so we've got to stick by McCarthy we can't have three unsettled goalkeepers at the club and 
I think he's I think he's the you know the, the, the real deal. I think he's he's up there. Well, there you go. Um, it's you know very very strong words at the end there, Alex saying that, you know he's the real deal. What do you think, Terence? Um, I, I rate him a lot, but um, to say he wasn't at fault for that goal, I think is um, wrong. For Pardew said it afterwards. I think you're all being very kind, and I think what's telling is. Pardew said that McCarthy was kicking himself about it and as he should be as a goalkeeper you've got to hold that you have to hold it or parry it away you don't do exactly what he did and spill it to the striker who's two yards out from goal and you're getting this kind of weird um, polar opposites from McCarthy's performances at the moment on the one hand in every game he's made some amazing saves but on the other hand he's let himself down and it can arguably be said that he's been at fault for four goals we've conceded this season when you look at Redmond's shot at Norwich, when you look at Suarez's own goal against Aston Villa, when you look at Pedro's header against Chelsea, and when you look at the goal yesterday, they are all goals that, as a goalkeeper, you'd want to do better with. And But at the same time, he's made some great saves to keep us in the game. So it's a very, very weird start of him. I'm no, no way saying that I think he should be dropped. I think you, um, he's doing well enough so far to just... Staying, I think Alex is right. You've got um, you don't want three unsettled goalkeepers, but I, th- I certainly think he's been at fault for four goals. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go, uh, Lucy. Yeah, I just I I think we've got to give him his chance. He yeah okay. I, I agree with Terence. You know he's made some fantastic saves, but he's at fault for a lot of goals we've conceded, if not all of them. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but you've got to remember that he's at a new club. He's getting used to the way, you know, he's playing with his teammates. He's 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 filling in for a legend of the club as well. So you know, it's gonna. I think we've just got to bide our time with him, and then obviously if he doesn't prove himself, he's hopefully hard to drop him. But who for? Is it going to be Hennessy? Is it going to be Spironi? We don't know. If I was going to put money on it, I would say that we may not see Spironi play in the Prem again. Okay, yeah, I say it. Um, don't want all the Spironi lovers to send me horrible messages, but that's that's my opinion. Um, if there are any Spironi lovers listening, do send Lucy some horrible messages on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so what's your Twitter says, username? I'm not telling you. I do love Spironi, but I'm just saying I don't think he will wear it. Shirt again in the Prem. Um, but for McCarthy, I just think, you know, credit where credit's due, and he's done really well in the last five games overall. And yeah. I think he, he's very promising. Yeah, for me, he's, for me, he's taken the number one quite clearly, I think. He, I know Sparrow's been injured, but, but I, I, I think it's pretty clear that he's now number one. Joe, you wanted to talk about him a little bit? Yeah, two of those goals that I, I think are unfair, Terence. I'll just <laughs> take you up on those. The one, the Norwich one, um, that was a screamer, an absolute screamer. And the and the header against Chelsea, I mean, it could have only gone there. And at that pace, and that's why he's on 300 grand a week, the geezer that scored it. I can't remember whatever his name is. Um, but I... I yeah. You know, he's going to make mistakes. And the thing is, because he's a keeper, it's highlighted even more. But I think he's good for us. I think I like the way he commands his area. I like the way that he's, he's big. I like the way when he comes out, it reminds me of Schmeichel. I said this to Lions a couple of weeks ago. When he comes out, you watch him. He, he sort of, he star jumps at you. 
And, and I only ever saw Schmeichel do that, and, and he definitely, definitely does do that, and I really like that. I mean, the chances are a really cool forward would have just slipped it underneath him, but that's what they, you know, that almost was the only way that he used to score past Schmeichel, that or lob it so far over his head that when he jumped, he couldn't reach it. But I, I really like him, and the other thing is we're five games in or whatever, and, and we're coating him off for, 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 you know, for four of the goals. I, I think it's a bit unfair. Um, and, the other th- and the other thing as well is that he ain't got the best defence in front of him, you know. <laughs> yeah, he, he just... What? Uh, <laughs> what? You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, yesterday... But yeah, hang, sorry, hang, hang, sorry. And, and yesterday, just just out of it, that was a, a good turn. If it, if it was anybody's fault, there was three players. No one shut the shot down. And then I think it was Dan, maybe Hang. I think Hangland was on his haunches. But Dan was standing there just looking at the ball. Uh, you know, and and the, and the forward didn't. He reacted quicker. So it, it, there's a lot of blame to be apportioned if we're going to apportion blame. But you know, uh, it took uh, 93 minutes to beat us. So I, I said arguably it fought for four goals, and I would say <laughs> I agree with your sentiments on the Falcao goal. I thought it was a good header, but nonsense for the goal yesterday. He's got to hold it. Absolute nonsense. You can't blame. You can't blame. You can't say you've got not got a great defence in you when his his job is to catch the ball. Catch the ball. He didn't catch the ball. Do you think it's a factor that he went through, you know, three Palace players That's before harsh. it got to him? Ah, it, so went through, it went through one player's legs and he had sight of it the whole time. Mm, maybe. Uh, yeah, and like I, I say, the telling thing is he's upset with himself. Which yeah, yeah. tells you that he's upset with it and he would have wanted to hold it. Hold it. Right. But I'm, no, nice, I'm, I'm not coating him. I think he's a good goalkeeper. I, 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 think, think, he's, I think he's the future in goal for us. I genuinely do. So I, I'm not I'm not coating him. I'm not saying we should drop him or anything like that. I'm just saying. I think the reason he's done better. I think the reason he's he's upset about it is because he parried it straight in front of him. And the, and the other thing, I, I don't know. I'll say it. Oh, well, no, it's because he's tried to catch it. That's why it's gone in front of him. Well, he actually he did it both his hands. Yeah. He yeah, actually listen. did it both of his hands, and that's what it did. If he did it one of his hands, he probably got a stronger hand, and it would have gone sideways like he did against, against yeah. especially against Norwich when he had those two good, really good saves that he parried sideways yeah. with one handed. Let's, so. um, let's let's get some input on this from the listeners who obviously know better than us, generally speaking. Um, Colin Squires on Twitter has gone for agree with Joe regarding goals conceded. Would say not a fault for for own goal as he was wrong footed by the deflection. Um, I've just seen Lucy saying in there he's not bad looking either. That doesn't count, Lucy. Yes, it does. For right, the girls, fine. it does. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dangerously close to you saying girl power again, like you did in your first <laughs> first show that I've not forgiven you for. Uh, she also on Twitter, she... she did, mate. I'm sorry. No, Lucy. That's why we. That's why we gave you the women's news. You see, <laughs> in news in brief, yeah. Um, also on Twitter, Wonky Way, who's at Palace Eagles, has gone for blame Alex for four goals. Are you guys nuts? It's in capitals, so I emphasise the word nuts. And Jules will get another first thing <laughs> yet. Uh, agree with Joe. Um, so uh, uh, who else wanted to speak? We've got something in the chat room, Nick. Um, well, I just wanted to say about goalkeepers. Uh, Goldie makes a mistake. It's apparent for everybody. Play, outfield player makes a mistake. It's good you um, said that because Joe said that as well. Did he? But, um, you know, you could say it was Gail losing the ball in the first place. Somebody in the chat room can't remember it was. Wholeradio.net slash chat. That's H-O-L. Um, <laughs> said said uh, uh, that Gail lost the ball and... He's, he's got to get past 10 other players before it gets to the keeper so you know you can't blame the goalie mm. yeah well yeah you could it depends how far back in the play you go Se- 
Technically, you know. it's nine, isn't it? Because if Gal lost it, then he's only got. It doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't yeah all right. Don't be pedantic. <laughs> you, you get the point. Are we going to yeah, talk cool. about the Gal miss, by the way? As much as it's going to hurt me. Well, I say miss. Uh, we will. We'll get there. I mean, I just want to go back to this, the the start of the second half, actually. Um, because uh, the, the sort of the big warning sign for us right at the start, really, we had um, we had a, we got a corner. I think it was Balassi who ran through and shot across Hart, and he pushed it away. Whether or not he needed to, I'm not sure, but he pushed it pushed it away. But from the break, we got. Um, and I think it's worth worth talking about this because of, of the person he was chasing back to kind of uh, help out here because we got um, City went on a break and it was a case of three passes I think and then we had you had Navas through um, in the centre almost completely on his own obviously this was the horrific miss but before that before that horrific miss what he actually did um, so what we did you had Punch and absolutely sprint back faster than I've ever seen him move because uh, I'm always fairly critical of him slowing and slowing things down on the wings. Uh, but he absolutely haired back. I thought it was Suarez when I was at the game because uh, I wasn't really, um, you know, looking in any sort of uh, great detail. Because I was just sort of trying to avert my eyes from the inevitable conceding of a goal. But uh, he ch- he chased all the way back, and uh, McCarthy came out brilliantly again, similar to, to what you were saying, Joe. He came out and sort of spread well, almost a star jump, forcing Navas wide. And you know that's how we got away with that one, which I thought was really really good. But that was kind of that kind of got things going. But it was a real warning in that second half and. It wasn't until um, Suarez put that ball in for Punchin's header. So uh, just, it was a it was a good save from Hart. Definitely a good save. I mean, obviously Joe Hart is head and shoulders above every other keeper in England. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, that was it. I only wanted to no talk about it to make. I just wanted to make that joke. That's the only reason for me going back to the stuff in the second half. Is that is it worth it? Because you're worth it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was hundred times better. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so um, uh, no, but seriously, on, it was a good chance, wasn't it? It was a good chance for Punch, and he's done the right thing by trying to head the ball sort of up and over hard. But it was a good save, and yeah, that was a, that was a real chance for us. But let's let's talk about the Gale chance now because that was our next major, well, moment really. It was in terms of actual genuine created chances. It was the, the second last in the game, I think. Um, so I can't even remember who put the ball in now, but just seeing the ball come in and thinking he was going to get there. How? What, what's your view on it, Joe? You want to talk about it? How did? Because you you called it a miss, or I don't. I didn't. I just thought the ball was behind him and he couldn't get his foot to it. What, what did you see? Well, it was a miss. I mean, like I said, I I back him because I I I just love the way his effort and everything. But anyway, a fantastic cross from Wilf. Um, which left all the all the slow coach city defenders, but well, they, they weren't even sticking their hands up for offside because he just he beat them off pace. Um, I just I just think he, I don't know. I mean, we all know he's left and right footed, so he can't say it was on his wrong foot. Um, but yeah, he just looks a little bit. If, if anything, he just looks off balance. That was all. So maybe it was just a little bit behind him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just after that that they got their goal. So it, in in a we could have, we would have, we probably had he scored, we'd have won one nil. He didn't, went up the other end, and we lost one nil. Exactly. And that is the small margins that the Premier League works on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I was a bit gay. But I just, I just think Gale, he, he, he survives on chances. And in this team now, the way that we've evolved, I think he'll have loads more chances. I, I just, 
I just hope he gets a, a chance of a run of a few games instead of just being sub and, and playing in the cups because I really I, I think he deserves it. I think his price tag deserves it. He's still our fourth or fifth most expensive player we've ever bought, and I and I I just you know I just, if he's not going to be played permanently, I just want someone to come out and justify why not because we've seen what he can do. We saw the goal against Villa. I know we keep going on about his ages ago, but you can see that's what he does. He's a poacher. He, you know, he, he, he's almost. He just reminds me of some really good older Premier League strikers. And he's, you know, he's twenty six, twenty seven, or whatever now. I just, I, I really like him. I really, really like him. And I'm. Mm. I just, I just don't think I, you talk about the justification for him not playing. I think we've talked about it a lot. And the justification for me is he doesn't do enough when he starts. He doesn't occupy enough defenders. He doesn't hold the ball up very well. You know, you saw a, you saw you got get, look at the game against Shrewsbury, and and he was, you know, anonymous for a large proportion of that game. Um, you know, I, I think he doesn't do himself any favors. But listen, he's got a chance to, you know, with, with Murray going out, he's got a chance to just to get a place in the team. He's got a real he's, chance. He's an off-the-shoulder striker. He is. He is exactly what Ray. Well, then used then to we don't we don't Ray. play that system, do we? We don't play that system. So then so. we might as well. If we, we then we might as well bin him and and, and get no, five no, six. No, not at all. Not at all. And then get and then get someone else that does. No, he's not at all because you've got, he's caught. He's got the opportunity to change the way he plays and to develop his game, and that's that's his responsibility. It's no six it's, minutes every game. No, you don't. Well, no, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's learning stuff in training. It's developing as a footballer. So many other players in our team have developed as footballers and not just through playing, you know, and not just through playing, in, playing a match. He's been given so many chances. And bear in mind, John, that you know how much of a fan of Dwight Gale I am as well. I just, I hate the fact, I hate this argument because I don't think, I think we've got to accept that he hasn't done enough and it's, it's on him. This is on him. Okay, he has the capability. He can do better. But this game's where he simply hasn't worked hard enough and he hasn't given enough for the team. He's a fantastic finisher, fantastic player, but quite simply he doesn't do anywhere near enough for the team when he starts. Terence? Um, I'm thinking the Aston Villa game, I think he actually showed that he's clearly been working on his game with his back to goal. Um, I think he's probably still got a long way to go. So there is, there would seem to be off the pit some willingness for him to be the player that we need him to be if he's going to play up front for us but the sad the sad thing is about it is he needs to take his chance and it's chances like that in that game yesterday which is not going to get him that chance to play because when the big chances come along a relatively easy chance always put it wide by his standards easy he's put it wide mm. yeah no absolutely right just reading the uh tweet we got in from cbfc gifs um, saying if much or Campbell had missed that chance, there'd be some fans burning shirts and effigies of them outside Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think that's what the fr- where the frustration comes for me because it's, it's almost like Gale's a crowd favourite and quite rightly so because of, of the way he's won certain games for us. Obviously, or, or, you know, the performance against Liverpool, the Burnley game in particular, you know, that's what he's all about. Explosive power, getting shots away, accuracy, all those kind of things. And fans remember that, and unfortunately, they for some reason they conveniently forget the games where he's been completely anonymous for most of it. Um, you know, when he's had the proper chance that he's been craving, and that's I say, for me, that's on him. That that's for him to sort out, and he's he's still still at the club, and he still has a chance to do that. Um, but yeah, like I say, Campbell, or, I agree with that. Campbell or much seems to be the players who can't get away with anything. You know, misplaced pass, and they're um, you know, and they're getting heavily criticised. Um, so yeah, I mean that. Say so that sums it up. I, you know, I don't want to 
spend too much time talking about the goal that went in. Um, you know, basically, we, we've, we've, as it said, players were backing off, uh, and and this, you know, the young lad is wearing number seventy-two. I'm not sure what that says about the state of. It's of, his uh, favourite um, TV kids TV show with Sandy Toxvig. Help me out here. Was that a, was that a show? Yes, what? number seventy-two used to be on Saturday mornings. People will remember in the chat room. People will remember number seventy-two. Do you mean the usual three people that remember the stuff you refer to will remember it? Five last time. It was. Five. That was number okay. seventy-three, Nick. Lions has just said that was close. Though. <laughs> oh wow! Wow, you, you're not even remembering not correctly. Apparently, apparently, he wears number seventy-two because it's the year his granddad was born in, and he's really influential in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Not his favourite bus number or something. I've completely like made it up. Yeah, I know you have. It was a good. I I enjoyed it for what it was, Terence. But I think some other people might have taken it too seriously. It wasn't. Could it be, it wasn't. That, um, could it be that he's often number nine, but nine's taken? So seven yes, two. That, that would be exactly ah. what it is. Oh. <laughs> Brain box over here. I just Sorry. thought. It, I just thought it was that many players in well, their that's, squad. That's what Akin Bai did because he was fifty-five, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was right. normally number ten, um, but that was taken. So we had fifty-five because five. Why? Why on earth would you bring that guy up? What is your problem? I'm just making my point. She always, <laughs> she always lowers the tone. She, she always does. does this. It's out of order. I don't know why <laughs> okay. we've got her on here. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, Lucy. We're very pleased to have you. Thanks. <clears throat> I'm very pleased to be here. Good. 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 Uh, mentioned the Mangola handball. Uh, I think that would have been harsh if that was given. Uh, but let's talk. Um, it was man of the match. Who was who was our player of the game? And I've seen um, a few of the, the, the threads on the BBS and Homesdale. Had a look at the few what people are saying there. And I was interested to see MacArthur was the sort of runaway winner as man of the match. For, for me, it was Kabai because simply the amount of work he did winning the ball back um, and just a moment in the middle of the pitch. I know MacArthur had one of these as well, but. There was a moment in the first half where Kabai was under pressure and just lifted the ball sort of over the top of his head and away, and then sort of juggled it away. And I just thought that was just absolute class. And I thought he was the standout player on the pitch. Lucy? Yeah, well, I had three men of the match right up until we scored. Um, and that was McCarthy, Hangerland and MacArthur. Um, I thought Hangerland was superb. I do think yeah. he was slightly to at fault for the goal, um, but he was just fantastic. He was, you know, considering who he replaced, um, <laughs> I just he was a he was an excellent replacement, and he his height really helps. And I just think he he needs to be used more, and that upsets me greatly because that means Damo has to be. <laughs> shit out so but yeah I just thought he was brilliant and um, McCarthy as I've already said earlier that um, I just think he was brilliant um, but as you've already said Chris MacArthur just you know he, he doesn't always play fabulous football um, he's not always the best at times but he gets stuck in he gives 110% every single game he's all over the place like in the sense that he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He, know, he does know what he's doing. He's trying to get in and trying to make those tackles and just get the ball. And I just think he deserves applaudits. Um, 
I think, especially in this game. Yeah, he's um, he's definitely. I think he's benefiting from playing with Kabai. I think he's looking looking like he's actually um, you know, learning learning a bit from him and getting a bit more confidence in his play. Um, but yeah, I think he played brilliantly. But for me, Kabai was Kabai was man. But MacArthur for you, Nick. Yeah, um, I'd have said if it was based on just the first half, Hangerland definitely. Um, I'd say MacArthur. Lots and lots of people in the chat room saying MacArthur as well. Coach Matt, Kev P of CPFC, Spanner, Rosario. Um, Spanner was saying he's so underrated last season. Um, Kabai says Coach Matt. Um, Hangerland, defence, pass, or passing out of defence is brilliant, says Kev P of CPFC. Um, can I just say, well done, um, to Jedi when it came on, I thought he slotted in brilliantly, slotted in centre-back, was totally cool, won pretty much everything he went for and his passes were accurate. So, for the time he was on, I thought he played well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, I've, I've, I've got to say it because I've snagged him before. So. Yeah, no, that's fair play. I'm holding fair my hands up. Um, yeah, okay. So, it's interesting to see how many people talking about, about Hangland there, actually, because, you know, he, he really... I think you've said it in the in the chat there, Joe. He's really just such a calm player, and it was the moments in that, certainly in the first half, where it was just it was unbelievable watching him at the back end of last season. I can say I remember people saying on I think it was the BBS saying that um, it's like he'd spent the summer away playing for Barcelona. Just absolute quality he was, um, and yeah, great to see that him, him kicking that off. Alex, you're next, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say MacArthur um, just brought, carried on where he left off. Uh, midweek for Scotland, you know, he was commanding, um, you know, he helped start off plays really well. Um, and, you know, like Terence has echoed, you know, in the past couple of weeks, you know, he's, re- he's really complimenting um, Kabai's game and Kabai's complimenting him. And I think yesterday was them two complimenting each other in a defensive way. I think at the beginning of the season they'd be complimenting each other in a sort of attacking sense, but yesterday they both battled really hard and they both worked really hard and, and I was impressed with them um, as a midfield partnership, which is something which we were all a bit weary about at the beginning of the season, but they're proving us wrong and they're, and they're both playing really well. OK, um, yeah, Joe has gone for Hangland. Terence, who's your man of the match? Um, yeah, I'll be boring to say MacArthur as well, but MacArthur and Kabai yesterday mixed it with one of the best midfields we've got in English football, um, which is really impressive to see, especially if you look size-wise as well. Fernandinho and Torre are units, and MacArthur and Kabai are far from that, but not at any point did they look physically overawed, so I was really impressed with that. I'm surprised no one's mentioned Wilfred Zaha, though. Um, I thought Zaha had a brilliant game. Um He's put in a couple of really good crosses that both should have led to goals, really. And Lucy's putting a load of stats in there in, in our little chat on the side. Mm. Wilfred Zaha attempted six tackles and won six tackles. And he used to get slated for his defensive output. And that just shows how hard he's worked on that side of his game yeah. and how he is now getting closer and closer to becoming the complete winger. And I think it's very, very close to just clicking for Wilfred. And by midway through this season, I reckon he's going to be flying for us. Yeah, it's funny enough. You, my very next uh, topic of discussion is Wilf, was Wilfred Zaha, and you've you've pretty much said uh, what I was going to bring up because there was moment there were moments yesterday when he was dancing through really top players. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely huge top level players could not get near him at times, uh, and he was making them look foolish. 
And the, seeing Wilf do that just fills me with so much joy because, you know, we remember when he when he's 100% confident and thinks that nothing can stop him, what a player he is. And you're right, Terence. he's worked so much on that defensive side of his game, really not getting much credit for it. But you can see it when we've talked, we've seen it this season, where one of the fullbacks is struggling. Who does who does uh, Pardew put on that side? It's Wilf. It's Wilf he, he chooses to go and shore up that side. You know, whether it was Punching before, whether it's Balassi, whether it's Sacco, if someone's struggling, he puts Wilf at that side to shore things up. And that is a huge compliment to him as a player. And, and I agree. I think if this carries on, we're going to, you know, we're going to see him really, really shine on the top stage. And then, you know, maybe you have a problem about keeping him again in the near future, but not yeah, while we're that high on the table. As I was saying, arguably the two best fullbacks in the division we played against as well, and he mugged them both off multiple times yeah. <laughs> by taking yeah. them on. Absolutely. There was still, I mean, there's, I still think that the display against Norwich, the stuff he was doing against Norwich, was still bet, just about better, um, you know, than, than what he was doing yesterday. But it was a higher standard of player he was against. I just think it's excellent. Um, I really, really do. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, but the other. I do want to focus a little bit on Martin Kelly. How do we think Martin Kelly did um, standing in for Joel? Because bearing in mind, Joel Ward is out for four weeks. Are we happy with Kelly or do we rather see Mariepa in there? Start with you, Nick. I thought he played very, very well until the last 10 minutes when he seemed to tire somewhat and he seemed to tire very quickly. Um, I, I just think that was his undoing, really. A little bit. Other than that, I was quite happy with him. That's Martin <laughs> Kelly every single time. The Sammy and Nazvi chance, wake up, lad. He watched him run past him. Yeah. I just he's, he's asleep after time. He's, when, the, when the game's in process, he's actually fine. But as soon as the ball stops, he switches off. And we could we could have conceded a goal off the back of that. But other than that, I thought he was pretty solid. It's <laughs> 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 yeah, rubbish, but after than that, it's great, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I understand what you're saying. He does switch off a bit. Again, I don't know if that's through through lack of game time or what, but um, um, obviously he's going to be there for the foreseeable future. Well, for the next month or so, um, I think. I don't. I don't see Mariapa getting in there. I think Mariapa might play centre back at some point, but um, I don't know. Who knows? You know. So, okay, Hanglin, we've talked about absolutely excellent punching. Uh, I mentioned earlier. I didn't think it was perhaps his best game, and I, I and I just. I know we, we talked about it in our in our chat off air, but um, it was really through the fact that he gave the ball away a bit too much for my liking. But um, but he was doing some really great things as well. How do you think he went? I mean, Joe, you, you're usually a uh, a critic of, of Mr. Punchin, but you thought he actually had a pretty good game, didn't you? I was being sarcastic. <laughs> All right, were you? <laughs> I've learned you, haven't I? Um, uh, he, he did give the he did give the. Um, I mean, I only. I've obviously I've seen the first half through the highlights, but I watched the second half live. Um, I listened to the radio on Five Live, and and four times they turned around and said that Punchin's been talked up for England, but he gives the ball away too much. You know, and that, and that's the thing. Every time he got it, he'd give it away, or he had it, and he and he was he just wanted too much time, and he was just he had it just taken off him. He didn't have his he didn't have his best game. But then you know, I, I think everyone up their game, and he and he got away with it. Had, had, had it had we been smashed, or or um, you know, uh, had we had we been done, I think it would have highlighted he he's uh, it would have highlighted him. But I, I don't think he had that bad a game. But like I say, it, it was just 
a lot of people had good games yesterday and took the heat off him a little bit. So, but yeah, he he done all right. He done all right. Okay. Uh, last bit on punching then, Alex, please. Yeah, I'm just going to say that um, obviously without the presence of Wickham, you know, he didn't have the space, um, sort of pull the strings and do what he does best um, in the attacking third. I think it was quite congested in that attacking third yesterday with you know likes of Balassi, Sacco, um, himself, and um, and Wilf in the in in that area there. So he didn't really have that those pockets that he likes to find himself in, and you know I think that really did impact his game. He was, he looked a bit tired as well. I thought. Um, which is surprising, really, because he's he's not been on any international duty like some of the other players. Um, but I just think it's just one of those days for punch. Um, he was unlucky, and I'm sure he bounced back. Yeah, no, he's still he's got an awful lot of quality in my view, and, and it, you know contributes a huge amount to the uh, to the team. And I do, and I do think you know there was a there was a case for him at international level. But yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe it is that he gives the ball away too much. Uh, but yeah, top quality player for us, and um, yeah, I say maybe yeah, a little bit of a quiet day, and that's about it. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about Gale, but I suppose we've covered that, and and Sacco perhaps a little ineffective in that game. Weirdly, you know, he's had a great start to his um, to his Palace career, but uh, I think yeah, just little, little ineffective. Very good first half, but little effective by the, the end of the second half. Um, <laughs> just reading Joe's comments. If he plays for England, I will dance naked down my road. That's about Jason Punchin. That is a that is a Joe Holyoke guarantee. Um, there you go. Um, <laughs> so coming up in just a moment, we will have the ultimate squad feature. We're talking about Kenny Sansom for the fullback position in the 25-man squad. Uh, get your votes in, holradio.net forward slash vote. But now we'll find out what you thought of the game in the four-word reviews. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Paul Danaher, Gale, Jedi, thank God. Paul Danaher. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. Still Mikey wrong. Wrong. Bad Mikey. You don't know what you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> now we recorded these twice earlier on uh, oh he can't find them uh, we'll oh. give him a couple of minutes of chat actually while, while we're waiting for him to sort himself out which you know could take any length of time a few we've had quite well loads of tweets in today in fact thank you for all of those everybody much appreciated um, uh, but I'll read a couple of the most recent tweets out um, we had um, Bob the Eagle Saying that uh, Punch and gives the ball away, so does Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> gives you a bit of context, I guess. Uh, CPFC just <laughs> was saying uh, his man of the match was MacArthur. Man is a machine. Uh, also felt that Kelly struggled, doesn't look comfortable on the ball, and gives very little going forward. So he'd like to see Mariapa get a go. Some very good points in there. Um, I want to go and find the one earlier on. Kevin Lambert got in touch with us earlier on and just sort of wanted to say what a fantastic job, Steve P. CPFC 2010, Alan Pardew and all the staff are doing. Palace are on the up. Thanks for that, Kev. Uh, he was highlighting Alan Pardew's um, record at Palace as well, which if you seek that out, I'll just retweet it now. It's very, very impressive indeed, which I think we all know. Uh, Tony G earlier on was talking about the fact that the, in the early penalty call that uh, the ref's, ref's view was probably slightly obscured for that incident and that Kabai is going down a little too easy there, which is... Um, which was a little unfortunate. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, Colin Squires was commenting on the, um, the weird nostalgia trip that Jell and Nick went on um, about Burnley 
And he was uh, saying that when the first goal went in in that uh, Burnley game, the noise was unbelievable. Like Joe said, best atmosphere ever. All us youngsters will never get to experience that. <laughs> but you know, you say we say never. What about you know? Maybe maybe we get that to get Sellers Park extended to about eighty thousand people and cram it all in. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> when we get I'll to the Champions League. Mikey <laughs> said he's ready. I know. I'm delighted about that. <laughs> <laughs> Just in a, in a sec, I'm going to go, let's go with it, and it's going to be Patrick's voice again, isn't it? But here we go. Here are the four-word four reviews. Four-word reviews. Tim Green, really proud, fucking gutted. Oh, I said fucking, I meant to fuck it. <laughs> oh, Carl Morton, chance is blown now. <laughs> Chris, didn't deserve to lose. Michaela, tireless effort, unfair results. Lynn, proud of that display. Paul Edwardson, pop a world letdown. <laughs> <laughs> Marco Traversi, TM. Beat harder, Scott. Harder. M. Mumped by a child. Nick Gussett. Funniest open goal, me. Zero. Lucky, lucky, lucky city. Happy Clark, we should have won. Chris White, it served the draw. James Sorge, genuine top half club. Dan Scott, five points from nine. Richard Mancy, we should have won. Glenn Fossey, kicking the balls. Lucy White, Nacho cheesed Palace off. Patrick O'Connor, excruciating <laughs> last minute laugh. <laughs> it's always guys, Patrick. <laughs> Chris, before we go on, um, mm. you've, 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 you've a reputation for doing manager accents, and mm. Alan Pardew is probably closest to your accent than any of the others. Why have we never heard you do an Alan Pardew? Just, just a fault. Just not comfortable with it. Okay. King Vagabond, Hol, that's H-O-L. Sucker punched by billionaires. That's the blank there. Waggers 6-6, can't fault our performance. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to at whole radio. All-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. In or bin. I do like it when he says that. Anyway, um, yeah, so it is in or bin in the case of Kenny Sansom, who is your nominee this week to talk about entering into the ultimate 25-man squad. Um, yeah, he's uh, obviously uh, an icon at the club and obviously uh, Arsenal as well. Um, it's very nice to actually, after all his well-publicised troubles, to see him back at Sellers Park um, over the course of the weekend. Some great pictures from there, lots of fans getting a chance to see Kenny. And um, yeah, he seemed to, uh, seemed to be enjoying himself as well, which is nice to see. Um, but and he, he go, you just go back with, with Sanson to the fact that you know, he was a player that came through the Palace Academy and, and went on to play for England. Um, and a lot of people were talking about when Klein went through to give it some sort of uh, comparison uh, for those of us who are a bit too young to have seen Kenny at Palace. Um, and obviously people talk about Klein was the, the best since Kenny. So you're looking at a player here who was you know, thought of above the level of Nathaniel Klein when he came through the, the youth system. Um, Joe and Nick, obviously I'm going to start with you, gents. Start with you, Nick, actually. Uh, memories of Kenny? Just part of that, dare I say, team of the 80s that, that kind of grew up to, together won the Youth Cup, they, they were a flipping brilliant side. And Kenny was so quick, so quick at getting back. 
not many people got past him, and and for Palace to have an England player as well was 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 brilliant because it you know the only one I'd knew before that was Peter Taylor, mm. um so yeah nobody as good as him he's instant you know he'd been with first name in the twenty five anyway I think really really that yeah. good Joe your uh, your views on Kenny. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's had the most most amount of caps at left back. Um, just real when you think about real quality players that we've all you know we've had people going about Lombardo and that combined, but but Samson really was he was world class. That's the thing, absolute world class. Um, and I'm and I'm proud to say that I saw him at Sellers Park. Um, unlike you, whippersnappers. <laughs> well, no. look, there's not much I can do about that. I can't travel through time. Uh, I do, <laughs> I do remember him when I was get started to get massively into football in 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 the eighties, like the late eighties. It was for me, um, and I can remember him moving. Uh, I think it was to Newcastle from Arsenal. I think it was very very early on. One of one of the issues of match that I was reading, he'd recently made that move, uh, but I don't think I really saw him play until the latter end of his career when he was at, at Coventry City. Um, I can remember him having a, a little spell there and still being a very, very good footballer. But again, obviously, people always talking about him at his his absolute peak, if you like. Um, you know, again, so uh, it, it came through came through the Palace ranks, and like let's listen to Nick talk about his pace. You know, um, Nick, if I can ask you a little bit more on that, you know, was that was that his you know main strength? Was it the fact that he had defensively he had that pace and could recover quickly or? You know, getting a challenge, or was it was that more of an asset going forward? He he had the pace, but he he was defensively minded with it as well. He it wasn't just about hairing back, chasing after a player, but it was hairing back, filling a position to to stop passes coming through. It was a really really intelligent footballer from an early age as well. Um, yeah, it was, he just the full package there at left back. I don't I don't think there's there's anybody that can match him in that position. I, I was looking for an old shoot annual. 1980, and, and they were eulogising about him in that, saying that he was he was the best one that England had had for years, and he was quite young then, relatively young, and uh, how he was going to be one for the future. But but the reason he has got to be in is because he he was one of our own. We bought him up, we bought him through. He he came through that that is it was so cruelly broken up, sort of within a season later, you know, because players when. It, Terry Venables left and you know that was heartbreaking when that team broke up and they were a quality 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 team who provided many many kind of my early formative years at Celeste but it was just that's that's molded into my brain that that team so well, you know it's, I, I hope I'm not putting him for sentimental reason but it really was fucking good <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have to beat that in the podcast later yes. on thanks Nick um Terence, you wanted to jump in now. Obviously, you heard um, Jell and Nick eulogise about uh, about the qualities of Kenny. Yeah, what struck me when I was researching him, I, the first thing I always pick up when I'm looking at Palace is the complete record that Ian King wrote um, a few years back. And there's one paragraph in it that's just quite amazing reading it, really. which is Samson made his debut for Palace as a 16-year-old and is the third youngest player ever to have appeared in the first team. Within two years, he had become the captain of the England youth team had skippered the Palace Juniors to an FA Youth Cup triumph in 1977 and become an ever-present member of the Palace senior side that won promotion from the old third division, third division that same year. Indeed, he only missed one game in that three seasons of 76 to 79 and altogether had a run of 156 league games with only one omission. 
just amazing. And that's all between 16 and 18. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal stuff. Um, we Obviously, you want to get your vote in. It's, you're running out of time. Go to holradio.net forward slash vote. Uh, and whether to in or bin, Kenny, uh, I'm looking at the votes now. It's a very strong, very strongly going one way, uh, which I'll explain in a minute. Obviously, uh, Alex, Lucy, like myself, uh, possibly you've got an even worse situation because you're not sad enough to have um, talked about him. Uh, sorry, watched him when he was playing mm. Coventry City in the early 90s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, after hearing um, what uh, what Nick and Jell have had to say, and obviously Terence has given some stats there, uh, can I get an in or bin from yourselves and a very brief explanation of why? I start with you, Alex. Yeah, I'd have to be in, obviously, being you know club legend of ours. And uh, the only knowledge I know about him, obviously, being quite young, is you know he's, he's being mainstay left back for England. You know that's some quite vintage World Cups. You know World Cup nineteen eighty two. Um, and World Cup 1986 as well. So, you know, to be able to keep hold of that position for almost a decade just shows testament of how good a player it was. Because I think that the 80s for English football, you know, there were some great players in that era, and there were some great defenders. And the fact that he managed to hold his position for that long just just shows a testament of what well, what a great player he was. So that's my only knowledge of him and my only like a way of seeing him, but. What I saw of him for England, he looked amazing. So, yeah, definitely in for me. Great stuff. Loose? Yeah, well, like you pointed out, I wasn't I wasn't even born when he, his time finished at Palace. So <laughs> I, have, I have very limited knowledge on his time at Palace. But my dad um, has obviously always... He's been someone that my dad has always talked about. Um, and I just think from obviously hearing what Nick and Joe have said and, you know, other other people that he was a hero. Um, and not only that, he was he was good at what he did. And and for that for that alone he's he's got to be in. Yeah. Great stuff. Okay, um Terence, your vote please. Um uh, when always before games growing up, I'm always a keen historian. I always used to ask about players from the past. And it always used to be Peter Taylor and Kenny Sansom was what I was raved about too. Yeah. Peter Taylor then came and screwed it up by being a manager. <laughs> so <laughs> that, now all I hear about is Kenny Sansom. So, um, I mean, he played almost 100 times for England and he came from our youth setup, made his debut at 16, as I said before, you know, that it's, it's an obvious in. There's, there's no way it can be anything else, really. Yeah, exactly. It is a no-brainer. Um, but, um, but, yeah, certainly great to, to talk about it and talk about why that is. Jill, uh, your vote, and then we'll go with Nick for bits in the chat room and his vote for the last. Oh, well, obviously, obviously in. Obviously in, yeah. <laughs> the gr- yeah. greatest. There you go. Uh, and Nick? Um, one cheeky chap in the chat room said the only player that could come close possibly would be Ashley Cole. Could could he possibly count for him or being only being a lone player? Um, he's the 12th most capped England player of all time. Alex has said that. Sorry, I've just scrolled down. But uh, pretty much in. Wagger 66 said he was a proper boy's own hero. Um, so he's in. And Cool Eagle 88 said he saw um, Kenny's debut for the England under 23 away to Denmark. Oh, there you go. Like it. <laughs> um, on the subject of Ashley Cole, he was actually second in the votes. Uh, to who we're going to talk about today, uh, followed in third by Dean Gordon. And we will be looking at fullbacks I, again in the future. The bloke in front of me at football, big up to the uh, 
family stand massive. They told me to say that. They actually asked me to say that tonight. So big up <laughs> well to them. Um, wanted wanted to vote for Gary Borrowdale. Yeah, well, he was the bloke in front of you, Gary Borrowdale. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. I don't. Know. I, I, uh, yeah, someone in front of me said they wanted Craig Harrison in there as well, but um, well, that right, that smacks of just you. <laughs> you love no. Craig Harrison. You're always talking about him. <laughs> did I see votes but, for Danny Granville as well? Uh, <laughs> hmm, well no. actually, he did a good. Uh, he did all yeah. right, Danny Granville. Yeah, of. he was all right. He was. He was decent. I liked him. Yeah. Um, I can't think of Granville without thinking Arkwright. Oh, Greg Granville. That's your age, Joe. Yeah, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is what didn't well done Terence did I break up it really did it cut out right on your punchline and then just cut back to you laughing at your own joke and everyone goes Joe's accent then sounded like Joe's northern accent sounded like Peter Kay's South London accent on that TV programme he's been on terrible thanks Nick he keeps it current as well it's not just all about the old days. Sometimes no, it's just about a show that um, we have now and just sort of seen. But no, honestly, right now I'm sure it's fine. Uh, I'm looking through the ins or bins on your votes. Um, I think I'll, I'll close the voting now. There's only one that says bin, and the reason given was he's not better than Glenn Murray. I'm not, I'm not sure who. <laughs> I'm not sure who went Alex, that. Alex, Alex White. Probably Alex White, yeah. <laughs> well done on that. Everyone else has gone for in. Some of the comments on there don't seem to relate to the vote at all. There's a comment about someone seemingly sleeping with my mum. Um, there's someone <laughs> someone who's said something completely unacceptable about recent uh, tabloid stuff about Kenny. Oh, totally wrong. But uh, thanks for all those comments in there, apart from the last one, which I suspect was from Mikey. Um, there you go. Joe, you want to tell an Alex White story? We might leave that for the end of the show. Uh, so I'm going to announce it now. Obviously, Kenny Sansom is very much an in. Hey! Um, so he goes into the 25-man squad uh, alongside some others. <laughs> Shall I read out who they are? I'll, uh, I'll try and do that. I'm in the, they're currently in the wrong document to actually know that. But, um, do we, need not, we need a jingle for in, I think. Yeah, I don't know. We have, I, thought for, I said it, and then I paused, thinking we might have one. I couldn't remember. Can't but, we just uh, have a big cheer? Oh, oh we've got something. Mikey's back. <laughs> there you go. He's gone with Albert going, <laughs> that's the in jingle. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, so currently in, uh, Nigel Martin as a goalkeeper, Scott Dan as a centre-back, Wilfred Zaha as a winger, Ian Wright as a striker, uh, Bind was Michael Hughes, he was not voted in, despite being suggested, and obviously now Kenny Sansom is added to the ins in that could one. You, Next week you, we'll... Wait, let me finish my sentence. We haven't even finished it. I know, but... so good already. Sorry, I'm excited. I I can tell. It's it's only the eighth time during the course of the show you've interrupted someone when you could have just waited ten seconds and said the same thing. Um, (laughs) Next week we'll be looking at getting another striker into there. So get thinking. Uh, We'll be going out onto the message boards and onto Twitter and what have you uh, to get your votes in so we can vote in another striker next time. It's good, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said that because I've literally got no idea what I was going to do now. Oh, yeah, Joe, it's the end of the show, so you can tell your Alex White story. Okay, so last week I'm 1,600 miles away in Greece, and uh, 
in Crete in a swimming pool talking to a scouser called Roy about his hoodoo or the hoodoo we've got over Everton. And we're talking about Palace and, and this, that and the other. Anyway, I mentioned that I did Homesdale Radio. So 10 minutes later, he has to go. And a young couple, they were sunbathing, sighed into the pool. And the girl swims over to me. It's very attractive, large <laughs> floats. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so and, she, um, and she said, uh, I, I didn't mean to, to listen to you over your conversation, but you said you were something to do with Crystal Palace Football Club. I said, no, no, no. I said, I do a radio station for him. And she said, well, what radio station's out? I said, you never would have heard of him. He said, it's internet-based and, you know. And so she said, well, no, what, what's, what's he called? I said, whole radio. She said, do you know Alex White? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I went, uh, yes. She said, oh, he's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> he's like your surrogate son, isn't he? He is, uh, sending stalkers out to me. It's getting scary now. <laughs> it's weird. It's, yeah. so, what, what, can you remember what her name was, Joe? Yeah, I didn't ask her, but I asked her boyfriend what his name was because we were talking whatever, and, and his name was Alex as well, which was quite strange. Yeah, but and, he, um, he got he got even more bizarre because after they left, a couple of minutes later, another couple got in the pool and said, "Oh, we overheard you talking about <laughs> football and everything at Crystal Palace." So I said, "So I said, yeah." You got a loud voice, Joe. <laughs> yeah. So they said, "Where do you live?" I said, "Near Orpington," and uh, and they said, "Oh, I said, where do you live?" I said, oh, "Bexley." Um, Anyway, it turned out it turned out that he played for Cray Wanderers and knew Gary Ullman, and I was playing cards with a Cray Wanderers goalkeeper the day before I won on holiday. And then she came up to me that night with her boyfriend, and she said, "Do you know Jim Lawrence?" And Jim Lawrence is another friend of mine. So I, I, I don't matter where I go, I'm always going to find Everyone, some. Yeah, I suspect this this means something. Either you're being followed quite dramatically, or perhaps you have died and just none of this gone is to real. Creek. Yeah, gone, died and gone to creep. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, you've got some interesting Papa Soiree news. Um, yes, he smells amazing. <laughs> there you go. You have officially Papa Soiree smells amazing. Uh, and there's photographic evidence of just how close Lucy got during the course of a, uh, a post-match photograph. Um, do, any particular uh, smell or is it, I mean, what do you think? Um, do you recognise it? Quite fresh. Oh, okay. Um, and... Just quite manly, really. Manly, fresh and manly. There you go. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I think that is the appropriate place to end the show. Um, and thank you very much to everyone for listening and to contributing today. Much appreciated. Cheers to Mikey for producing. My thanks go to Lucy, Terence, Gel, Alex, and Nick. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. I think is it next week's going to be a Monday show because the Spurs game is on a Sunday, I believe. Yeah. So we we'll see you next Monday. Green, really proud, fucking gutted. Oh, I said fucking, I meant to fuck it. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.